This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Go. Okay, Pesach 5783. Let's talk about Hallel. In Tilim Kuf Yud Zayin, Pasuk Aleph and Beis, Hallelu as Hashem Kol Goyim, praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu all nations, Shabachu Kol Omim, praise Him all the, all the different, different, uh, peoples, Kigovar Lenachasu, because His Chesed is upon us, Vem Hashem Leodom Hallelujah. And the MS of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will last forever, Hallelujah. That's what we have over here. And this is of the shortest parak in Tehillim, two psukim altogether. What exactly is this trying to say and what are we talking about over here? It's Radak, as well as Masuda say that this re- obviously symbolizes the simplicity of what the world is going to be like after the coming of Mashiach. He explains that this will represent the two sides of the world in the future. Yisrael will have their Torah. The nations will have their Sheva Mitzos. They'll both come together to praise the Kodesh Baruch Hu in the great future of Mashiach. And that's what it means. Shabakul kolomim aloshem kolgayim. But kigar leinu chasto. It's going to be on us. The bar- Barbanel says the same when everybody is going to know that MS Hashem Liolam Hallelujah. That everybody knows that Akarish Baruch Hu is there. Bina Li'itim says before there, before there were still people in the corners of the earth who had never heard of Akarish Baruch Hu, the miracles were never made public enough. There were people out there that knew absolutely nothing. Only in the future, when everyone throughout the world would hear about Akarish Baruch Hu and hear about his greatness and maybe even see his greatness everywhere, that's when they're all going to praise Akarish Baruch Hu. That's when they'll all praise Hashem. And that's what this puzzle refers to. That ultimate future when everyone sees Akarish Baruch Hu's hand, Akarish Baruch Hu's place among history, among, among everybody out there. It's possible to understand it, however, in a different way. During the times of Mashiach, everybody is going to be divided up into two lines throughout the entire world. Each one will think that the other one is crazy and not be able to understand the other side in the least bit. They won't get what they're talking about. It's no longer it's no longer going to be about who is who, right? It's going to matter. That's not going to matter at all. It will just be Goyim and Umim. Nations and nations, right? A nation where everyone considers themselves equal, even if they're not, right? And others who prefer leaders in society of growth, even though some will be downtrodden in the process. Somehow, some way, Mashiach is going to come and show them a middle ground that everybody's going to understand when both sides throughout the entire world are very, very different from another. It's at that point, with the simplest argument possible that everyone can agree to, that the world will come to an understanding that there truly is a God above. He rules over all of us. He's in charge of all of us. And we'll then praise them together, each in our unique way, recognizing the Gvura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as well as his Chesed, at the same time, Ki Gavar, the Gvura, Aleinu Chasdo, his Chesed. That will be the ultimate goal of the world. And who knows, maybe that's where it is right now. The whole world is divided right down the middle, where you have conservatives and liberals throughout the entire world, Mamish, right? It's really crazy how every single time you see that it's 50-50, 50-50, just 48 to 52, 51 to 49. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how we're literally divided up the middle. However, the Malbim says, this is talking about what happened after they were saved from the army of Sancheriv. It's not referring to what's going to happen in the future. But once the army of Sancheriv came and tried to destroy all of Yerushalayim, that's what happened. He brought many nations with him to watch Yerushalayim be destroyed. And that very night when his army was destroyed by the Malach and that all of them were killed completely, they were all freed. All of those nations were freed completely. Their freedom was only a result of his kindness to us when Sancheriv was conquered and defeated. And even so, they are obligated to defeat, to, to praise him and thank him. And that's at Halloween Shem why? Because the chesed was on us and he saved Yerushalayim from Sancheriv and therefore they should praise because they went free because of it. All those nations that never wanted to fight in the first place that came to Yerushalayim, they're the ones who ended up getting saved. That's what the Malcolm says. Why should the nations, I mean this is a question that's asked by almost everybody. This question I, I probably saw in at least 25 different farm. Why should the nations praise Hashem for HaKadosh Baruch being kind to the Jews? Ki gavar aleinu chasdo. It's aleinu, it's not alehem. 
it would be Kigavara Lehem Chasto, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was tremendously Mechase to them, then I can understand it. Kigavara Lehenu Chasto, it's on us. Why would they, that convince them that he's worthy of their praise? So if her says that these Pesukim, again, refer to what will be by the times of Mashiach. All the angels will come together and praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu over the kindness that he has shown to the Jews throughout the ages. They'll know they were wrong. They'll know the Jews were right. And that's a different story. They'll realize how he was with us the entire time. And that's the simple word. That answer is similar to what we set up above with the Bina Le'itim, the Abarbanel, the Radak, and the Matsudos. They don't ask this question, but obviously hinted within their answer is the exact same thing. It's that because HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the future is going to give us what we need, therefore, everybody is going to praise him. Answers a little bit differently. He says they're going to think of what he did for them. And we should be even more thankful because we received so much more kindness from them. So obviously it's not saying that they're going to praise Hashem because of what happened to us. It's that they're going to praise Hashem for what happened to them themselves. And then we, we deserve even to, to thank HaKadosh Baruch more because we know Hashem did more for us. That's the idea. That's how the Gemara Pesachim says. Revelvo Salavajik wonders how that answers the question exactly. It still sounds like they're praising HaKadosh Baruch because of what God did for us. It doesn't exactly sound that way that they're praising for something happened to them and then the Jews praise on their own with a kol shikane because of what happened. So he says the following. He says, there are two reasons why a person might praise a Kaddish Baruch Hu. One is that when you're saved from danger or something worse, when something bad happens, then you think a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Then, the greater the misfortune is, the greater our need to think a Kaddish Baruch Hu for it. Right? Because of all the misfortune that was there. Example of this are either a gomel or a brachan and nace that happened to you or a miracle happened to you. We would have preferred nothing to happen beforehand. That would have been better, right? For nothing to have happened, no whatever. But now that we're saved from it, thank you, Hashem. That's awesome, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This also applies for, but this only applies, I'm sorry, for the party involved, not anybody else. The fact that a miracle happened to me or something great happened to me doesn't mean that somebody else should think. It's that I have the chi of a benching gomo. I have the chi of a making a brach on an ace. But nobody else benches for me. Nobody else can bench gomo for me. That doesn't make any sense. That's that. Now, the second situation is when you see something awesome. You see a lightning storm or thunder or some type of idea of like an unbelievable mountain or something amazing, right? Something that's happening right now, right? A huge mountain that shows a Kodesh Baruch Hu's power. This is appropriate for anyone to make because you're seeing God's awesomeness. Kuf Yud Zion refers to what will happen to us in the times of Mashiach. That's how the, the, the Revelvel Soloveitchuk understands it, the Priskorov, right? And he says the following. It's referring to what will happen to us in the times of Mashiach. If everything happens naturally, then it should be on us to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and no one else. Because it's only on us. We were the only ones that were affected by it. We're the ones who were taken away. We survived everything until now. We should be happy about it and that's that. But in the end, it will be completely unnatural with many crazy things happening. Things that happen that everyone's going to see throughout the world. Yes, it's going to be for the Jews. And yes, in the end, the Jews are going to have the most awesome part of it. But there's going to be crazy supernatural things happening where everyone sees it. It's going to be a lightning storm that's specifically for the Jews. It's going to be a a tornado that's only for the Jews. Something like that. It's going to shock everyone, recognize that they recognize the awesomeness of a Kaddish Baruch even though technically it's for us. And that's that. Govar means they were overwhelmed by it. If the nations are overwhelmed by it, then they sing the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not because it happened to us, but because of us, crazy things happened. That's the idea behind it. So if it was the first reason that it was just something that happened to the Jews, you're right, nobody else should make the bracha except for us. But it's not. It's something crazy throughout the world that happened because of us. Therefore, everybody can praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu for it. And that's the idea. This brought in the Emek Bracha on the name of the Briskorov himself. 
Next thing is the Chafetz Chaim. Chafetz Chaim says they should be thankful that they will be allowed to do everything they planned, that they, they weren't able to do everything they planned and planned and plotted to do against B'nai Israel. Had they been allowed to do so, all their plans and all their plots had gone through and all their terrorist attacks and all the terrible things that happened would have happened, right? Then they would have been punished so much worse. They not only would have destroyed their own future and their own Olam Haba, but in the process they would have destroyed the whole world as well. They know this all too well. They know this. They'll recognize the Kaddish Baruch hand in everything, praising him for keeping them away from the Jews when they tried to do something to the Jews. Rip Itzel and Peterberger said the same exact thing to one of the head officers in Russia, telling him that this is the true explanation of the Pasuk. And he said, I understand it now, because he himself had plots against the Jews, but he had never been able to go through with it. And that's what he's going to praise the Kaddish Baruch for in the future. The Rugas of Osam, the Noam Magadha mentioned this as well. It could be compared, right, in a mushal, it was brought by the Haggadah Shaila Torah, to a king who threw his son in jail for some offense that he did, something terrible that he did. During the 12 months that he was in jail, his warden treated him horribly. Horribly. He starved him, he beat him, right, and subjected him to terrible things purely out of cruelty. He just treated him horribly. When he was released after that year, he appeared in the you know, king's throne room and he looked horrible. He looked absolutely horrible, emaciated, terribly pained. The king called in the warden and said, what happened? He said, well, I beat him up. I, I starved him, right? And he immediately punished the warden severely, telling him that he would suffer one year of punishment for every month that his son was in jail. Obviously, 12 months in jail, that meant 12 years that he was going to have to be in jail himself, that the warden was there. And the warden then said, thank you, your majesty, for sending your son into jail for only 12 months, right? The king didn't understand, so the warden explained, look, I wasn't going to be able to hold myself back, and I wanted to beat him up tremendously. So over the 12 months, right, I got punished, I got 12 years. If you would have sent him there for 24 months, then I would have gotten 24 years of jail. So thank you, Your Majesty, for only sending him there for 12 months. And that's the idea over here as well, said the Gadoshai Torah, that the nations are saying, Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they only kept them in Gullahs for, let's say, 3,300 years. It could have been even worse, right? And then we would be punished even more. But you stopped it. You made sure that that didn't happen. And for that, we thank you. Ritzvi Pesach Frank used to say, on the first night of the Seder, that Avram ben Avram was allowed to say his final words before he was hanged. So they said, do you have any final words, any thoughts before you die? He chose this parak of Tilim. He said, Kuf Yud Zayin, the two psukim here, asking them what the connection between the two psukim was. Why is it that the nations are going to praise the Lord, Ki Gavar Aleinu Chasto, because the Jews got something good? And he answered the Chavetz Chaim above, right? He said, they'll thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu that they didn't do more of what they planned and plotted, that they only got to do what they said they were going to do. Ryakov Kamenetsky heard that this mismo was said by Avram ben Avram before he was killed. That's what Ryakov Kamenetsky used to say. And Hanani Mishol Vazarya said, Lo Lanu, Lo Lanu Hashem, Lo Lanu, when they went down to the Kivshan Aish, right? Sachem Kufir Ches, that's what it says over there. The words, Halu Hashem, when they were taken out, the Geret Zedek said, Halu Hashem, when he was brought in, knowing he wasn't going to come out. It's an interesting line by Ryakov Kamenetsky. The Chavetz Chaim, also said, some say in the name of Rav Shlomo Bloch, although I did see a different one, Rav Yitzchak Senders, commentators at Gado, says the following, the Count Patatsky, that's who Avram and Avram was, you know, he was Count Patatsky before he became the Geret Zedek, he famously converted, right, and that's that, as he was being brought to his death al Kiddush Hashem, the tailor who got him in trouble, who happened to be a Jew, revealing who he was to the Christian church, realized that he was the real deal, but could not do anything, right, so he asked him to please forgive him in the next world and not take revenge on him, and Rav Yitzchak Senders, that commentator Zagada, he says it was one of the guards who was whipping him on the way to be brought. 
And he felt this regret, like he felt horrible about what he was doing. And he's the one who was struck with remorse. And he said the following, he answered in a sweet tone, Rav Avram ben Avram answered in a sweet tone. He said, this Parakantilim says all the nations are going to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And ends with the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us tremendous chesed. Again, what's the connection between these two psukim? That's what Avram ben Avram asked, either the tailor or this this guard, whatever it was. He explained it with a marshal. A prince once became lost in a forest and was found by a villager who knew nothing about the king and his ways. He knew absolutely nothing. He immediately started treating him like his own son, but unfortunately that meant that he treated him to lots of beatings, made him work really, really hard in the forest, menial work, whatever it is, and punished him harshly for anything he did a little bit wrong. That's what he would have done with his own son. He didn't realize that a prince doesn't get treated that way, and that's that. So he raised the boy that way. One time the prince found a beautiful toy. He was playing with it. Right? And a friend of his saw it and tried stealing it from him. They began to fight, right? Began to fight, punching each other and hitting each other when suddenly a proclamation went out, the king has come to the village. The king has come to the village. Right? So the prince knew that the king was known to be a fair judge. He didn't know much about the king. Obviously, he didn't know that he was a prince, but he knew that he was a fair judge. So he ran to him to judge between him and his friend. The king immediately recognized him as the lost prince and he immediately hugged him to his chest. When the other young man saw this, he ran over and bowed to the ground, right? Begging the prince for forgiveness and asking that he doesn't punish him for his insolence. I'm so sorry that I beat you up before. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were the prince. Had I known, please don't kill me. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Right? So the prince looked over at him and smiled. And he said, why would I care about that little toy that we were arguing about five minutes ago? I'm the prince. I have everything in the world. I'm going to have all the riches. I'm going to have all the toys, anything I could possibly want. Nothing in my previous life matters anymore. What do I care about what happened back then? That's what this Pesach means, Avram ben Avram told these guys. All the nations will recognize the Kodesh Baruch Hu and his greatness. The Jews, right, might take revenge because they're so mad at everything that happened up until now. But here's the pshat. The Jews will have everything they want. From then on, from, they won't want anything more than that. They won't care. They could care less about what happened before. I promise you, Avram ben Avram said, right? He told the tailor, he told his guard, right? It won't even enter my mind to care about what you did to my physical body. I will never remember it or care about it later on. You did what you needed to do here. I did what I needed to do. And at the end of the day, nothing else matters other than being close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's that. I'm not going to have any thoughts of revenge. In another version of the story, the prince had a young friend who one time beat him up over something insignificant. And the prince said, just wait until I'm king. He wasn't found in the forest or anything. But just wait until I'm king. And then I'm going to take revenge against you. Right? When eventually he did have his coronation and he was, he did become the king. The young friend came to him and begged his pardon. Right? And the new king told him the same thing. I completely forgive you. I could care less what I said when I was a little kid. None of that matters anymore. I'm the king now. I don't care what happened when I was a five-year-old kid. That's the idea behind it. Rechaim Knievsky goes in the exact opposite direction. He says, a man comes to show one day and brings cakes and drinks. He said, what's for? What's he bringing the cakes and the drinks for? He was crossing the street, got hit by a car, and wasn't injured. And for that, he wants everyone to think HaKadosh Baruch Hu along with him. The next day, another minion member brings cake and drinks, right? Did he also get hit by a car? No. I've been walking across the street my entire life, the guy said, and I've never been hit by, hit by a car. I have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for never being hit my entire life. That's what the second guy said. The nations are going to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's goodness to Klai Yisrael and then thank Hashem that they didn't have to go through the same travails that Klai Yisrael did and they can still make it to Olam Haba. It'll be a little bit different than Olam Haba from ours, but they still make it to Olam Haba. They didn't get hit by a car. They're going to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that. The Chassam Sofer says, someone who knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu and recognizes his hand in the world is not surprised by Kriyas Yamsu for any such miracle because he knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do everything, even the normal things, right? And that, that we see in net, 
nature are absolutely miraculous. Rain, evaporation, the spinning of the earth on its axis, and so much more are absolutely normal parts of the world. The one who allowed the oil to stay lit is the same one who allows the vinegar to stay lit, as Rabbi Hanim Medosa famously told his daughter in Chafeim and Aleph and Tainus. But the nations didn't believe that a Kaddish Baruch Hu had this power. So when they see the great miracles that are going to happen at that time, they're going to praise him and claim, Ki govar since they only know this right now. But Yomar no Yisrael, the very next line, Yomar no Yisrael, B'nei Yisrael, V'yosei, Ki le'olom chasto. Kaddish Baruch Hu's chasto was throughout. It's not Ki govar le'olom chasto all of a sudden. It's that the chasto was there the entire time. Ki le'olom chasto. And that's the difference between the Jews. That's how Chasam Sofer says it. Rashi and the Mazzuta say, V'amis Hashem le'olom means HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept his promise that he made with the Avos HaKadoshim, with Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. That promise was to take over all seven nations of Canaan. The Vilna Gon says it's well known that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was in the schus of Avram Vino, walking through the desert was in the schus of Yitzchak Avinu, and conquering the land was in the schus of Yaakov Avinu Yisrael. The Chassam Sofer wonders, why is this considered a good thing? If we never would have been in Gullus in the first place, we never would have needed a Gula. So what's this Ve'emes Hashem Le'olam Hallelujah? What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch wanted his name to be known throughout the entire world, says the Chassam Sofer, so that everybody would believe in him forever. We deserve to be punished at the same time. So what did HaKadosh Baruch do? Putting those two together, the punishment was for us to be enslaved by them. But the Yitzhiya would be done with such amazing miracles that everybody would remember this for hundreds of years after that, maybe even thousands of years after that. And thus, when he acts with Gvura toward us, with Midas Adin, just know, it's still Chasto. It's still the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That shows MS Hashem Leola, and we should always believe in him, because the MS of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there forever and ever, without any question. In Pesachim, Kufir Chazim Abayz, Rabbi Nelson said that this line, the MS Hashem Leola, was said by the fish of the sea. We all know this. The Jews did not believe the Egyptians were gone. After Kriyas Yamsuf, they assumed that they had gone out on the other side. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu had the Yam spit their bodies onto the shore so that the Jews could see that all the Egyptians were dead. They weren't dead yet, according to the matters. Either way, so the Yam said, but you're taking away food from my fishy. I don't want my fish to be starving. You gave me all this food, all the Egyptian bodies, and now you're going to make me spit them up onto the shore? I don't want to give that up. So Kaddish Baruch said, don't worry, I'm going to pay you back. And not only that, but I'll pay you one and a half times. There were 600 chariots by Mitzrayim. I'll pay you back 900 chariots at a future time. Now I said, Kaddish Baruch how am I going to be Tovea you? How am I going to get this back from you? I can't be Tovea the king. I can't do that. So Kaddish Baruch said, Nachal Kishon will be my Arav. Nachal Kishon, the river of Kishon, will be my guarantor. In the fight against Sisra, Devorah and Barak against Sisra, 900 chariots went to battle. 900 chariots went to battle, and 900 chariots were destroyed by Nachal Kishon, and they were taken by the sea itself. Eventually, I guess those bodies made it to the Yamsuf, and the Yamsuf's fish ended up being fed from those 900 chariots and everything out there. And that's when they called out the MS Hashem Leolam Hallelujah, that HaKadosh Baruch always keeps his word. The Chassam Sofer also points out that MS Hashem Leolam is a gematria of 613. In the end, everyone realizes that the Torah is the true word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Have a great Pesach, everybody. Chakash